everybody. Happy Monday. I love my Mondays. I love actually every day of the week, but Mondays are great because a lot of people don't like Mondays, and I love Mondays, and Mondays are a great day to do things. Don't forget, um, it's probably too late for if you didn't sign up for the e-collar course. Um, you still can, actually. So, Joel forgot to close the doors to the e-collar course um, for $111. Um, uh, it, it was supposed to close last night at 11.59, and she goes to bed earlier than that. It's an manual process. Um, so, we are starting our e-collar course today at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you go to um, academy.solidk9training, I'll put it up right now, academy.solidk9 training. Um, training.com. Um, and it's the e-collar course. There's a sign-up course there. Even if you can't attend it live, if you pay for the course, you get the recording. Whether you attend or don't attend, you will get the recording. But it won't be available um, afterwards. It's a one-week, five days. It is the foundation work of an e-collar. And for a lot of people that are not familiar with e-collars, like a lot of people think you're correcting your dogs to make them do things, you're going to learn it is the complete opposite. You're going to see a whole new side of the work we actually do, which is 95% of the work. So you will see what 95% of the work we do with dogs actually looks like. A lot of people know me as the person that corrects dogs because of my social media, because that's where most of the questions come in. Also, nobody talks about it. But one of the reasons why our Green to Graduate program has been so successful is because of our um, slow and steady training that we do there. The e-collar course is the same thing. This is foundation work of e-collars. Literally, if you never even opened up a box of an e-collar, you're going to learn, um, you know, but you're not going to learn how to open up the box. So we're going to let you figure that one out by yourself. We're going to show you how to set up your e-collar, how to figure out what buttons to push, what levels to push, the theory behind it all, you know, every, everything. So it's still available. And overnight, um, between midnight and right now, people are still buying it. So um, obviously... Um, it's, you know, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Joelle will shut it off. Um, um, she will shut it off. So what I wanted to do today was I wanted to – hold on, Joelle? Yeah. I think um, Coco's got to go out. Um, so Coco's uh, our boarding train dog that's here, and she's in heat, and it is getting uh, – Yes. It's got. It's been getting volvolicious, um, and um, she has got to go to the bathroom a lot more. Uh, uh, this morning, I let her out very, very early. I've been up since one o'clock this morning. Um, anyway, let's talk about uh, something I've been wanting to talk about for a long time. I've mentioned it in passing many times, but I mentioned it in like a flippant way, and I want to really talk seriously about it because I want to make sure that everybody gets the most help they can with the most effective courses, and that doesn't mean buy our course. It means buy the most effective course for what you're struggling with, buy a consult with somebody that actually has the knowledge of something you're struggling with. There's a lot of dog training courses out there. I see them all. And if you've got problems with your, hold on one second. Tex, here. He just came out of my bedroom. Here. Tex, here. He said, go through all these wires. Place. 
Good boy. Um, there's a lot of courses out there that I see advertised. Let me give you a good example. You have an untrained, let's just talk about a dog. You have an untrained dog with unwanted behaviors. Your average dog, whether it's motivated or not motivated with, with you know, and it's a family pet. I'm a family pet dog trainer. So this is geared towards family pet dog trainers. You see a course online. And I see a lot of these, and I'm sure you see them too. You know, how would you like your dog to do this? And it's usually a trainer with a Malinois. And I own a Malinois, which you will not see me doing obedience with. And there's a reason why. And the Malinois is doing swing finishes, figure eights around the dog's leg. They're doing, um, getting in between the dog's, the owner's leg and looking up. They are, um... Uh, 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 if the owner squats down, the dog goes into a down. They're doing all this flashy stuff. As they're walking, the dog is doing like spins and they're going back into a heel. And and then and they're advertising, you know, would you like your dog to do this? I find that type of promotion for a family pet dog owner who is struggling with even the basics a little bit deceiving. I want you to know that a Malinois is going to always historically look flashy and good. And if you're struggling with your dog with a bunch of unwanted behaviors and not even any commands, chances of your dog looking like that are slim to none. And do you really want your dog to be doing that? Or do you want your dog to just listen to you? That's fancy stuff. That goes along with a lot of the theory that sport dogs do, which is a whole nother skill set, and we can talk about that. So you see a lot of courses like that. You will see courses out there that show a, uh, so you see those courses a lot with uh, border collies, cattle dogs, and Malinois, um, and other uh, uh, drivey dogs. A lot of people don't own these drivey dogs. Now they might own out of control dogs and they think they have a drivey dog, but it's not a drivey dog. It's just an out of control dog. There's a huge difference. So that's one type of course. And I find it very, very deceiving because chances of your dog doing that are pretty slim. And even if it wasn't pretty slim, your average family pet that's not really what you want. I mean, that's all fun. I mean, it is. It is a skill set. Don't get me wrong. It is a skill set. It's not that they're bad trainers, but you're a fa you you own a family pet. You want your dog to just walk nicely and stop pulling. You want your dog to lie down when company comes over. You want your dog to stop rushing the front door. You want your dog to um, be calm uh, around stressful situations. You're trying to get your dog over fear. So that's important to always remember. Now, then you'll see courses which are promoting a gentler, kinder, science-based training where they've got dogs, again, historically, Historically, a border collie doing like, you know, uh, um, obviously, you know, again, again, I'm not saying these trainers are bad. I'm not saying that. And I don't mention names of trainers or names of courses 
because it's more about the theory. I'm talking about theories. I'm trying, I want you to be educated as a consumer so you put your money in the right place. It, they're showing dogs like, again, you know, we use food for training, by the way, and in today's course of that um, uh, uh, starts with our e-cower, you'll see us doing very gentle pressure on, pressure off with food, um, with guidance, with a leash. But you'll see dogs like doing, you know, um, uh, a down on a picnic table or, you know, a down uh, uh, with... Um, you know, on the ground, which is which is good. But you see the dogs all excited to learn. You see the dogs um, doing um, some fancier obedience. It borders a little bit on the competition obedience spectrum. And again, these are drivey dogs that love, love to work with high food drive. I would say that 75% of the dogs, over 20 years and 10,000 dogs, as well as me traveling the world with 300 seminars, I would say that most of the dogs that we work with have no food drive, don't want to work. So now what do you do? A lot of the training philosophies don't work, and a lot of the trainers will say, I can't do anything about it. They don't address leash reactivity. They don't address separation anxiety. They don't address charging the front door. They don't address holding commands around distractions in the real world. So you see courses like that. Now, I am not saying that either of these two type of philosophy courses, you cannot learn something from. You absolutely can. But... With your out-of-control dog with no food drive that's nervous, fearful, anxious, shut down, not willing to work, highly reactive, pulls you down the street. Like, you don't want your dog doing a competition heel. That's not what you're looking for. You want your dog to stop pulling you on the leash. You want your dog to stop exploding when it sees a dog or a person right? You're looking for a well-behaved family pet, not just a series of commands. In fact, Joelle and I were just talking and we've got another dog coming in on the 29th of this month, 20th or 29th. We're going to be doing a one-day course on day one, what we do with a dog on leadership skills. So you're going to learn leadership skills. It's a one-day course. It'll be probably around the... Will you take text with you? I'm taking mine home. I don't have to get far. I have a Starbucks brought in. I can run that separately, but I can't get them back. Okay. Um, thank you. Um, so I think it's important that folks understand what they're purchasing. Because I want you to, I want you to be successful. That doesn't mean you shouldn't buy the courses. I'm not saying that. I don't want to take money away from anybody's pockets at all, at all. I'm not saying these trainers are bad. I'm not saying the training is bad. I'm not saying the train like 
that's not what I am saying. I'm saying just be aware of what you're buying. That's all I'm saying. So I'm an RVer. I've got a class C, which means it's the it's the RVs that have got the bed over the driver. And you drive in the actual RV. It's not a pull behind. So if you've got a pull behind RV, you have to know how much it weighs empty, how much it's going to weigh stocked with your stuff. And when you buy a pickup truck, you need to make sure that pickup truck can pull it. You have to make sure that when you brake, everything stops. Because now you've got this over whatever, usually 10,000 pound, but now they've got them that are, you know, three to 8,000 pound. But thing behind you that is literally also that needs to stop. So I think it's very, very important. All right. Now, you will see these are easy to figure out. Agility courses. If you want to do agility, you would buy those courses. But if you've got an out of control family pet, those courses are not going to help you. If you want to get into the agility spectrum, those courses will help you. Trick training. Again, if you want to start learning tricks, get a trick training one. Nose work. If you want to get into nose work, you would buy a nose work course. Bite work. You would get a bite work course. Starting protection training, which is should be, you should be very careful on training your personal dog on protection training. That should be actually with a highly qualified decoy and trainer to make sure they assess your dog to make sure it's the right dog and the right nerves and temperament for that. So the biggest thing is making sure that you're paired up with a course, not just courses now, also trainers where you've got the same agenda the same agenda, and they have the skill set to help you. Those things are very, very important. Be careful about being fooled by marketing. A lot of times when I see these people's courses, I also go to their Facebook page, their Instagram page to see what they're doing. Not as much with trainers, but say I go to somebody that's teaching social media. I'll go to their social media page and I'll see they've got minimal followers, minimal posts, no engagement. And I'm like, but you teach this stuff. I probably wouldn't buy a course from that person. Or I'll go to their page and I'll see they've got millions of followers. But no engagement and a bunch of bots that do engage. No likes. 
I just want everybody to know you can buy comments, you can buy likes, and I can always tell when somebody's doing that. So then you're like, oh, they bought comments and likes. So I think it's important that people understand because people are desperate. They're desperate for help. So they want to make sure that they're so desperate for help, they might just buy the first course that they see. Good morning, Ange. Don't lock the door. Thank you. All right. Angelo's, Angelo has a new wing now, and it's um, it's built on the outside of the um, uh, where our carport used to be. So we have a door that our main door that used to like lead to outside has a lock on it. So we always have to make sure we don't lock it. But we're gonna leave the lock on there. So for when we go out of town, um, it's a whole new different security protocols we have to take in the house. Um, so, um, so I think it's important that folks understand, you know, what they're purchasing, who they're training with in person, and make sure everybody's on the same agenda. So if you're dealing with leash reactivity, would you go to an agility trainer? No, most likely not. Now, if you wanted to learn agility, of course you would. That doesn't mean the trainer is not good. It means they probably can't help you. Because there's a lot of trainers out there that don't do behavior mod. There's no difference than people with aggression are hiring X canine handlers or current canine handlers. I want you to know. And I'm not saying that a officer that has a canine doesn't know how to train, but most of them are handlers. The master trainer of the department. So a buddy of mine trains almost all the police dogs in Ohio. He trains the dogs. And then he trains the handlers. But the handlers didn't do the training. Now they upkeep it, but he also upkeeps it for them. So I think it's important that folks understand if you've got an aggressive family pet and you want to make it not aggressive, would you go to somebody that actually trains dogs to be aggressive? Now, some of those trainers actually do know how to do make a dog less aggressive, but their specialty is actually making dogs aggressive. So here's a great example. I specialize in stopping unwanted behaviors, stopping aggression. I don't know how to do teach bite work. I don't know how to teach protection work. I don't know how to teach nose work. I don't know how to do field um, uh, and hunt dogs. I don't know how to do agility. 
So if you wanted me to train those things, I would turn you down. I would say, no, that's not what I do. And I'd like to think that every reputable trainer would also say the same thing. They would say, that's not in my learning. That's not in my education. That's not in my teaching repertoire. Repertoire? That's not what I do. That's not my specialty. There's so many people that are out there struggling. I'm trying to help people in as many ways as I can. And there's many other people out there that are also doing the same, but you need to make sure you go to the right person. There's also a lot of people out there that are not, they're doing everything from sugarcoating the truth to withholding information to blatantly lying to you. Like we've got a dog in heat. Coco's in heat. She went into heat two days before um, she came here. And somebody asked a question um, as I was walking her through Home Depot, like, why does she have a diaper on? And I'm like, you know, we responded because she's, she's in heat. It's a 10-month-old um, Doberman in heat. And they were like, oh, you can train a dog in heat? And we're like, of course you can train a dog in heat. Is it more challenging? Um, I don't know because I've never trained her out of heat. But she definitely is doing behaviors that are possibly heat-related. But it doesn't matter to me. She has to be trained anyway. She has to be trained anyway. Like, so, like, right now she's whining. And I'm correcting her with a remote collar. But before she went into heat, her owner said she whined a lot. So someone could say, oh, she's whining because she's in heat. And I'm like, but she was whining before she went into heat. She couldn't do duration work. Had nothing to do with her heat. Because she can do duration work now. She's always been a little bit nervous and fearful. Now, she's nervous and fearful still. So I think that that's important for folks to understand. All right. That's what I wanted to talk about this morning. Let's go right to the questions. Daniel says, hi, how are you today? Good morning. Good morning to you, Daniel. I'm doing fantastic. I'm, I'm very, very excited about, hold on, Angela, there's part of an omelet in the fridge on a plate. Just might microwave it up and then throw some fruit on there for you, buddy. Um, doing fantastic today. I'm getting excited for our first of many live events. First of many live events. We'll be doing this live event format. And again, if you go to Academy, I put it up in the comments, academy.solidcaninetraining.com. Um, Joel was going to close the doors at 11.59, but we get an international audience. So... 11.59 p.m. last night. So you can still go to the website, still buy the course. And uh, it starts today at 11 o'clock. If you can't make the course today or any other day, don't worry. There is going to be a recording you will get. So whether you attend the course or you don't attend the course, you still get the recording. 
You still get the recording, all right? But the recording is not available to the public. It's only available to the people that buy the course. Um, Daniel says, um, is in New Zealand. Um, New Zealand love, uh, love, uh, show your dogs. Um, I'm not going to turn the camera around right now. Uh, Wes has already left that left right now. And Texas, um, Tex, can you, can, Angela, can you put Tex over here? He's, I think he's, you know what it is? Because Coco was here before. Just bring him over here. Tex here. Actually, oh, he wants to go outside. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Can you make sure the side door is open so he can pee and poo? All right. Um, Garrett says, good morning, sir, and everyone here. Hey, Garrett, how are you? I put up the Academy link, academy.solidcadetraining.com. I forget that uh, since I woke up at 1.00. Dogs went out at three and four in the morning, so it's uh, uh, they're off their schedule this morning. Um, Sports Betting Nation, good morning, good morning. How are you? Welcome to the show. I've never seen you here before. Learn more. Looking to help a dog that has severe separation anxiety. Learn more. You want me to? You might want to do a one-on-one consult with me, and you can go to the academy to book that. So we deal a lot with dogs with separation anxiety, and we eliminate it quickly. Just remember, a lot of it is going to be punitive based. So a shock collar, remote collar, e-collar, call what you want, is going to be one of the best tools out there for separation anxiety. Crating the dog will dramatically help as well because you've got better control over the dog. Um, so keep keep that in mind. All right. But I can definitely help you with that. There's a lot of protocols that we do. We usually eliminate separation anxiety in one day. Obviously, some dogs take longer, but the majority of the dogs we work with, it takes a day, a day to do because we correct the dog for um, all their nonsense. Um, Murph says, good morning. Good morning to you. Marcy says, amen. Carolyn says, I want my dog to listen to me and be safe. I don't need her to dance. Right. Unless, now, you can also have a great family dog that you want to do hunting with, that you want to do protection with, that you want to do trick training with. But a lot of those things don't stop or train what you're truly wanting to do. All that stuff is high drive work. Your family pet, a lot of the times you want it to go into lower drive work. You want to go into rested positions. Um, Dar says, very, very good point. I, I have had clients show me these types of ads and say, can my dog do this? So I have to explain it, LOL. Yeah, I think it's important because the, the consumer is confused. Again, it looks great, but these are usually owner's personal dogs that are in the ads. They're their personal dogs. They're drivey dogs like Border Collies and Malinois, and it looks good. And these dogs love to work. Many of the dogs we work with, and not just us, industry-wide, they don't want to work. And by the way, we use food. So we use all forms of training, all tools out there. Not all, not every single tool. Like we're not going to use a harness. 
you know. Um, for protection work, we'll use the harness. For I've got a client that does um, bike. Uh, the the dog pulls her on her bike, so she uses the harness for that. So sort of like bike mushing. Obviously, you'd use the harness. Harnesses are designed for a dog to pull. Um, Kim says, good morning, Jeff. What a great day. It is a fantastic day. Mama, four boys. Um, how are you? Uh, hello, Jeff. How are you, though? Daniel Brown, thumbs up and hearts. Um, uh, Von uh, Braunhaufer, German Shepherds. Oh, I had a friend. I had a friend who basic obedience with her dog and then decided to do a course with protection. I tried to talk her out of it. She didn't listen and went to a really I went to a very, very poorly skilled trainer for protection, and now her dog is highly reactive. Yeah, you've got to be very, very, very careful. That's like getting a gun and someone doesn't teach you the proper way to handle it. proper way to store it all the safety protocols so uh, david palmer says um hail up jeff thank you craig fx good morning jeff good morning saw blade entertainment um quote force free unquote seems to flood the market with trainers but i noticed that I noticed fast the dogs they were working on was were less trained than the dogs I had trained. Then I learned about balance training. Yeah, I mean, again, force-free is impossible. Force-free is a marketing tool that is flooding the market right now. Um, so, uh, or, or positive only, and there's no such thing as positive only. There is reward-based training. We do a ton of it. We do a ton of reward-based training. Um, we do luring um, as well. Um, but I think it's important that, again, people understand, you know, there's, again, we use clickers. You can use a clicker. People say clickers don't work. Yes, they do. But, again, what are you trying to train? It's just a marker. A clicker is a marker. That's all it is. It marks a, it marks a behavior. Historically, a wanted behavior. Why I say that is because you can make a clicker mean no if you wanted to. Um, there is a massive flood of the market now. I think one of the reasons why is because of market share that they are losing um, to uh, a lot of trainers that actually are getting incredible results. And they're trying to brainwash the public to tell the owner that they're messing up their dog. Uh, Douglas Walker says, I'll be in the e-cower training. Awesome. We'll see you. E-cower is charged and ready for 11 a.m. this morning. Awesome. Murph. Um, Daniel says, love. Show, show you. Mike. Um, hey, Mike. How are you? Good morning, sir. Good morning, Mike. How are you? Great to have you here. Connie. Good morning. Good morning. Marco. Hey, Jeff. How are you? Garrett. Um, in a group class yesterday, a person was being dragged around. They kept constantly pressure. There was no engagement. Owner kept blaming the dog. Trainer said, don't make excuses. Take responsibility. That's good. And then hopefully they showed them what to do. See, this is the thing, though. Hopefully the trainer went one step further and actually showed them, like, how to hold the leash, how to apply. You know, what the dog was doing is is 
pulling them around because they felt tensioned. So it's something called opposition reflex, not that like it really matters, but it's when a dog pulls and you pull back, they're usually going to want to pull harder. That's, that's the theory behind part of protection work. It engages the drive in the dog. Um, Garrett says the owner was deeply offended. I mean, the, 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 if the owner was offended and if it was said in a way that was helpful, facts don't care about your feelings. It's like, when you don't have all the right information, a lot of times people blame everybody but themselves or the information. Trainers do the same thing to owners. When the owners are not getting results every week, they'll blame the owner for not trying, even though the owner is spending hours a day trying instead of taking responsibility for the training theory that they're using, which is ineffective. Um, that's why I hope the trainer actually in the group class showed, grabbed the leash and showed the owner how to actually get the dog to not drag them around and how to at least get the dog into the right state of mind for training, for training. But if the trainer doesn't believe in correcting a dog, then there goes that. Chris says, good morning, good morning to you, Chris. Craig says, I got my dog's behaviors under control first, now working on agility training for fun. Exactly, exactly. And I'm a huge fan of all of the extracurricular activities your dog could do. I am a humongous fan of them. And I am, I hold those trainers in high regard. But you could have a dog that knows 20 tricks, but it's still leash reactive. Those tricks are not going to stop the leash reactivity. Constance says, good morning, Jeff. Good morning. I'm really excited for this week's e-collar course. My mom and I are going to participate together. Oh, that's good. We're ready to learn some good stuff. Awesome. Um, Von Frauhofer, uh, German Shepherds, by the way, you sent... Uh, by the way, oh, you sent uh, her the link to help her fix the reactive behavior. Yes, awesome. We also have a course on leash reactivity on the academy. We, uh, we also have a course. Also, believe it or not, just starting her on the Green to Graduate program is probably going to be more effective than the trainer, um, the training course that she's in. We find that happens all the time. A lot of people will say, um, there are your Green to Graduate course, you know, helped even um, helped, you know, helped uh, better than my, my trainer did. Uh, good morning, Apex. How are you? Apex K9. Sandy says, ready for the class. Awesome. It's going to be a great class. Today, it's going to be a lot about theory and setting up. Um, also, you don't have to have your dog there. You're probably better off not. You're probably better off just watching and listening. And then when you get the recording, you can train. Because don't feel like you have to have your dog um, in, in, in the course. Sandy says, ready for the class. 
uh, Terrace's good stuff. Garrett, the owner, left the class, was not open to being shown how to properly correct. So, Garrett, again, so that little, so the trainer had it right. They they wouldn't take responsibility. They're blaming everybody but themselves. So they're blaming everybody but th themselves. And then they'll say, oh, I tried dog training. It didn't work. It's like, no, buddy, you didn't work. You didn't work. So a lot of people do that. They'll 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 blame everybody but themselves. Excuse me. They'll blame everybody but themselves. They won't take responsibility for their own actions. So that's I mean that's one of the reasons why we make our courses as simple as possible, so it's easy for people to follow. Julie Paradise found Florida. Oh, how are you, Julie? Wow, it's been a long time. I'm in Florida now too. Um, uh, hey, Jeff, shared the course with my son for his two German Shepherds, two year and a new puppy. Your training is invaluable. Thank you so much. Hope you're doing well, Julia. I haven't seen you for a while. I miss you. I think the last time I saw you was in Ellington. Um, we're right across the bridge in Bradenton. Um, so we're very, very close to where we originally met, met each other. All right. Anymore, if you don't have any more questions, that's what I've got today. I just wanted to make sure that everybody was aware of when, you, when you're looking for either a trainer or a online course um, or even free videos that you like, you know what you're watching. You're aware of what you're watching. So it's so important. Yes, my son. Hi, uh, can I plug my podcast? Well, of course. If I said no, you would still do it. Oh, yes. So go ahead, plug your podcast. Okay. Can you get closer to the mic? Okay. Uh, is this good? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see the sound going up there. Uh, anyways, so my my podcast, Fun Facts with Angela, is going to be on Greek mythology Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. What are you going to talk about? I literally just said Greek mythology. Cool. Excited. Yes. Is it is it live? Is it streaming? Uh oh yeah, I forgot I've been forgetting to plug that part. Uh it's gonna be a live, but you can also see the recording on YouTube. You just look up Fun Facts with Angelo. And um is this number twelve? I think so. Uh yeah, so if you wanna watch this podcast, you look up, up Fun Facts with Angelo number twelve on YouTube, Facebook, or that's it. Nope, yeah. nope. But we'll be on. Oh yeah, just YouTube. And but Facebook. we'll be on and Rumble soon. We'll be on Rumble soon. What, what Rumble. the heck is Rumble? Rumble is a, a much better um, platform than YouTube. So we'll be on Rumble in about a week. Yeah. Next. All right. So Connie says Angelo is adorable. Yeah, he is. Um, in all your worksheets for school, part of your worksheets for school are in the printer. Yeah, but finish up breakfast, please. You've got school starting in 20 minutes. Um, uh, he's amazing, Jeff. He is. Marco says, ha, ha, ha. I literally just said said that, LOL. Um, good morning, Angelo. You rock. That was from Philip. Thank you. Yeah, Angelo's pretty cool. Homeschooled. He starts his school in a little bit, and then also he has his own podcast. So... All right, everybody, may I be in love with all of you. Uh, for the folks that are taking the course, I will see you today. Just remember, this is the first of many, many, many courses that we'll be doing. All right.
So talk to you all soon. Love you guys tremendously. Take care.